0: Welcome back to Piers to Uncensored. On any given day, there are a lot of news stories which make me very unhappy. Not least to which, Arsenal nil, Brighton free. Well, we weren't intruding into private grief. Um, but they prove that common sense is dead. Just today, we learned that a biological man entered the 2015 female university boat race. No one was told, no one was allowed to ask. We were told that prison guards have been banned from calling prisoners convicts in case it upsets them. Upsets convicts. We're told that 10% of teenagers want to change gender, but a third of teenagers have been taught in schools that some women have penises. What is all this? Why is the world going so completely nuts? Well, my next guest is an expert on this phenomenon of The World Going Nuts, Professor Gadsard is the best-selling author of Parasitic Mind, How Infectious Diseases Are Killing Common Sense, and also The Sad Truth About Happiness. And he joins me now again. Okay, thank you for coming on. So just to warm things up, I thought I'd play a little clip of you talking about me in 2018. Let's take a listen to this.
1: Morgan is a treasonous cretin. I don't care about him as an individual, but I greatly care about his mindset for it is the singular cause that has led us to the current conundrum that we face. Every day that idiots and enemies of reason such as Morgan have a voice in the public sphere is a day that we inch closer to violence.
0: Well, ironically, Gerda, that, that comment actually did move me to near violence. I'm, I'm joking. And actually, we have found since then a lot of common ground, I know. So I'm not going to labour the point, uh, other than you clearly are just as unsatisfied. I don't even remember
1: I. what that was about. I, do, I have
0: no idea what you were talking about. And no one can find out. So you clearly just had a view about me. That, that You know what? It's fine. I have views like that all the time about people. But I'm glad to have you on the show. And I Thank think on a so lot much. of issues, we actually share a lot of a lot of similar thoughts about this. What is going on? When we see things like 10% of teens want to be transgender in some way, when you see that a a male biological rower took part in a very high-profile race without anybody knowing that this was actually a man sitting in a female boat, um, when you see all
1: this, how do we explain it? And where where does this end? Yeah, so it all, well first, thank you for having me, Piers. Uh, it all stems from, regrettably, I'm saying this as a professor, it all stems from, from the university ecosystem. It takes academics and intellectuals to come up with some of the uniquely dumbest ideas. And so each of these idea pathogens that I discuss in the book, postmodernism, militant feminism, social constructivism, sort of erase a bit of the edifices of reason that for most of us constitutes common sense. So postmodernism, for example, argues that there are no objective truths. Even things that the average three-day-old pigeon would recognize as biological fact Mm. is actually up for debate. And this is how we end up erasing all of the common sense that... uh, gives us shared meaning, so that men now who have nine-inch penises can be women, they simply have to declare themselves women, and voila, they become women.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely insane. But you're right, facts have have been eroded in this process, where people can put their hand up and talk about my truth as if somehow their version of the truth, which, of course, is statistically factual, that's the whole point of truth, that they can have a version
1: of that, which isn't fact-based, it's just feeling-based, Exactly. And this is why I I basically say that all of these idea pathogens, they free us from the pesky shackles of reality, right? I don't wish to be constrained by my genitalia. So I just have to use the magic wand of the trans prefix and I could be whatever I wish to be. Social constructivism is another freer from from reality. It basically says that anybody could be the next Ronaldo or Messi. If only mommy hugs me enough or doesn't hug me enough, Mm all have equal potentiality. Well, that's a very noble and hopeful message, but it's perfectly rooted in erroneous views of human nature. Also,
0: the thing about Ronaldo and Messi, I know Cristiano very well and interviewed him several times. The thing about those guys, they've got a phenomenal work ethic and you'll never hear them, either of them, whining about being pushed hard or even having coaches shout at them or whatever it may be. It just seems to me the world is slowly shrinking into a very weak-minded place where weakness is celebrated, strength is somehow frowned upon. If you try and talk about mental strength these days, people go mad. They're like, you know, how dare you? You're, you're belittling people who aren't mentally strong. You're, you're picking on the vulnerable rather than accentuate the positives, which those two guys represent better than anybody.
1: And whether it be the soccer players that you mentioned or the world that I inhabit in academia, we used to be proud of the ethos of meritocracy. Now that's viewed as a form of white supremacy. Now it's my skin color, it's my gender orientation, it's my sexual orientation, it's my religion that actually adjudicates whether I am right or wrong. It's grotesque. It's an attack on the most fundamental deontological principles that define the enlightened societies that we all are proud of. And this is why I... I'm so irreverent and fighting against all this nonsense. And it's interesting,
0: what you said about meritocracy there, there's a move now for the Oscars and the Academy and the way they go about putting nominations forward, that they have to tick a load of diversity boxes. And that all sounds fine in principle, right? Till you get to the point where actually it damages meritocracy.
1: Well, well, And not only that, Pierce, I'm sure you've also heard that someone should not play, (laughs) for example, you shouldn't play a gay part if you yourself are not gay. So what does that mean then? Sir Anthony uh, Hopkins should not have played a sadistic serial killer in Silence of the Lambs because clearly he's not really a serial killer. It's insane. Well, not as far as we know.
0: But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, who plays Hitler? Who plays a mafia boss, right? Does everyone in *The Sopranos have to actually be an active member of the mafia? I mean, and also it never works the other way with these, these wokies, where you never hear them say, and, of course, the quid pro quo is that no gay person can play a straight part. They'll never say that.
1: They want all their virtue signaling
0: cake and eat it.
1: Exactly. And, you know, to to your point earlier about victimhood, I I come from Lebanon. I escaped execution in Lebanon. And it's folks like me who come to the West who are, you know, completely befuddled by all of the whining. I think you were mentioning to your previous guest about him whining. I despise whining. What's Uh. beautiful about Messi and Ronaldo is this notwithstanding their innate talent, they work hard to be the best that they can be. We need to return to that ethos.
0: Yes, we need to start celebrating proper talent, proper work ethic, people who really want to put a shift in. I mean, the work-from-home fiasco in this country is getting completely out of hand with millions of people just basically giving up doing proper work. Um, You know, it's interesting you talk about professors there because I think my favourite story of all the cancel culture stories involved an American professor who, for 25 years, had given a lecture about offensive language. And eventually, a student complained about his use of offensive language in a lecture about offensive language. And he was fired (laughs) for using offensive language, which he had used to illustrate the points he was making about offensive language. And at that point, I realized, universities are being run by students and they, the students, because of this warped mindset, uh, are just running riot on campuses, and the campuses and the people put in charge of these students are just caving to every one of their whims and saying, okay, whatever you say
1: goes. Indeed, and look, I can tell you, I, just past semester, I was teaching an MBA class, where I was talking about the evolutionary roots of anorexia nervosa. And in that lecture, I talked about miscarriages. And one student huffed and puffed that I did not provide trigger warnings before mentioning something as, you know, devastatingly sensitive as miscarriages. And this is someone, mean who went through the Lebanese Civil War. So imagine how much disdain I feel for such an adult, an MBA student, that he requires me to offer trigger warnings before mentioning a medical reality such as miscarriages. It's unbelievable. Well,
0: I actually need trigger warnings before I find myself in close proximity to one of these woke imbeciles because it actually does bring me out in wheels. Uh, Gad, I could talk to you all night about this. I'm glad we've made up and we're friends again. Thank come you so much. Back, please come back on uh, on Piers Morgan it again. I
1: really enjoyed the chat. You're the, you're the best, and my apologies to Arsenal. Next year, they'll take it.
0: You know what? I'm not so sure. Mentally weak. They should have signed Ronaldo when they had the chance back in October. He wanted to come. Anyway, that's another story. Great
1: to talk to you. Thank you very much.